they still are the very first dental school in the world. I need a team to ground me to execute my visions, right? Because you're probably up until midnight thinking of all these new ideas. That's the true pinnacle of being an entrepreneur, right? Yep. You don't see the founder of Subway making sandwiches every day. Yeah. Welcome to another episode of Dental Marketing Theory. I'm your host, Gary Bird. I am the founder of SMC National, where we help you create, convert, and close more new patients so you can grow the way that you want in your practice. And today, we have a special guest, Dr. Grace, and we're going to jump into her journey of becoming a dentist, going and moving to a school that she didn't have any friends or family at, and really going through the ringer when it comes to working in a dental office. She's had every single position and she decided to get into private practice and then built a community for moms. And she has a lot of interesting ideas that I know that are going to bring value to you, whether you're a mom and a practicing dentist or you're somebody who wants to just grow your organization. You're going to want to hear this because as you know, about half a dentist coming out of school right now are, are female. And so this is going to be a growing trend that you're going to see. So you're going to want to stay tuned. So, Dr. Grace, why don't you tell me how you got into the dental industry? Sure, Gary. I'm happy to share my story. I started off as a dental assistant in university undergrad, and that was naturally not an accident. My family dentist, who is a very close family friend, his daughter at the time was graduating UIC ortho residency and needed a dental assistant at her associateship positions. Oh. And so on the weekends, I would go follow her wherever she was working and was her dental assistant or that office would then um, give me hours for the other doctors, not just her. And that is how I started. But honestly, I was not interested in going into dentistry. I was studying in the School of Speech and majored in communication studies. Wow. Okay. So that's pretty unique. I interview a lot of doctors and usually that is not the the, the normal path. So what, what kind of broke uh, for you to say, you know, and now I don't want to be a dental assistant. I want to be a doctor and go and practice. Like what, what helped you turn that corner? Sure. Well, for four years of being a dental assistant in different offices, meanwhile, my pursuit for communications was going down that rabbit hole of journalism and hard news. I really wanted to be a television news anchor and wanted to pursue that as my career. However, after graduation, I had a one-year internship you know, pursuing and going in that direction and realized that I missed patient care. That was really my forte was chairside assisting and for orthodontia, the assistants really do everything, a lot of the work while the doctors just hop from chair to chair. And my offices would call and say, can you fill in? Can you come back? Patients are looking for you. The patients that I really resonated with or had a really close relationship with were children of special needs and the parents were looking for me to treat their children and then I decided you know maybe that is my calling and I decided to apply to dental school and luckily the 
doctors that I worked for and mentored while I was a student always encouraged me to take just the basic prerequisite courses in case I wanted to go to dental school so that I could jump right in, which I did do and uh, applied and then went to University of Maryland for dental school to the East Coast and left the Midwest and went to a school and a town where I knew no one. Sorry to disrupt the show, but I got something crazy to share with you. We are attempting to connect with all of our listeners. We have thousands of people that listen to this podcast, and we want to meet you in person. We have four events coming up, and I want to give you a discount code that you can use for the next week to save $300 off your ticket. The discount code is Gary Bird, and the link is going to be just down below. You can also go to smcnational.com forward slash events. I hope to connect with you in person and help each other grow our businesses. Can't wait to see you soon. How, how'd you end up there? Like, What drove you to that town, that school? I went and visited campuses like most students do. Maryland had a very strong clinical background, and that's what they were known for was bringing students in the, the clinic early sophomore okay. year. They also, they still are the very first dental school in the world. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. There's a dental museum that stands alone, separate from the dental school. A lot of great inventions. Maryland Bridge developed by the, the dental school in Maryland. And when I walked into that school, I just had a feeling that I needed to go here. And I was lucky enough to be accepted. And that's where I went to school. Okay, great. So, I, and I, I want to ask you this question. So I just was recently at UCLA and I was speaking to a lot of the students there, the dental students. And there, you can just tell they have so many questions, right? Like, sure. should I start my practice? Should I go work for somebody else? Should I work for a private practice? Should I work for a DSO? And I can just see that they just, it's so hard to make a decision like that because you don't have enough information to really make a, a life-changing decision, but you have to, right? Like you're, sure. it, it doesn't matter if you know the information or not. So when you wrapped up at Maryland, how, how did you make, what, first of all, what decision did you make? Did you go out and practice with someone else? Did you start a practice? And then how, kind of walk me through like how you made that decision. Absolutely. For any students that are listening, I decided to specialize. I was bored with orthodontics because that's what I knew. And even through college, or not college, dental school, four years of dental school, I assisted in the orthodontic faculty and the residency. So I volunteer assisted. And then I also assisted some of the program directors and teachers at their private practice on the weekends. So I was I was a dental assistant as well through dental school. So four years of undergrad, four years of dental, being eight years of ortho assisting, I decided, okay, I think I know ortho pretty well. And I decided to go into pediatric residency. I was accepted back at my hometown in Chicago. There are only two residency programs there. I went the hospital route and it was a hospital-based residency and that's what I did. Okay. And then, so when did you decide, you know what, I want to um, open up my own practices and, and go down that road? Eight years of being in private practice as a dental assistant, I learned a lot and was mentored a lot. And I worked every role in the office. I wasn't just chair side. I worked as the front desk. I mm. filed insurance. I 
porn up models. I was the sterilization girl. You name it, I did it. I pulled charts back before it was digital. I had to phone patients to book appointments. I had to collect payment. I I had to do every single job, including clean the toilets and throw out the garbage, wash the dishes. And I have to tell all the students that are listening, if you've never had that experience, you really need to do that first, even as a dental student. Because then you learn the nuances. Every dental practice has a different personality. Every owner has a different personality. Owning a practice in a business takes entrepreneurial skills. Not everyone is meant to do it. You may think it looks easy and you may think that, oh, I, I that's what I want. But you really don't know until you have witnessed it and worked in it and have done all the roles. Because if you want to be a practice owner, how are you going to know how everybody else is performing if you've never done the job yourself? Yeah. 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 How do you, or even how do you hire the right person to manage everybody else. So you might be hiring somebody who, you know, if you hire or not, if you say, oh, I'll just hire an office manager. Well, how do you know if you're hiring the right office manager, right? right. Like you don't even have that context. You don't have the context. You don't know what you don't know. You don't even know what questions to even ask, right? And everyone looks great on paper and everyone will tell you they've done it. But how? Yeah, that's so good. That is so, so good. So, okay, so now you, okay, you say, okay, I've kind of done every single job. I've, I've done everything from, you know, from the bottom to the top I've helped in every area. So now I'm a dentist and I can practice and you practice for some time. And then you decided to go out and open it up your own practice. Tell me a little bit about that process. Once you decided to jump into that boat, what that was like. Absolutely. When you graduate dental school, you only know what you're taught and it really depends on who your professors are and what they have taught you. Dentistry is so much more than textbook dentistry, okay? Dental procedures are so much more than what you learn in school. And the human body isn't always one size fits all. A lot of dentistry and procedures are based on intuition. Not everything will be science-based evidence dentistry. And yeah, you might have run it. They'll teach you, okay, this is how you drill a class two filling or or whatnot, but not every tooth looks like that. It might be a weird combination or you might have to um, make an educated, not guess, but decision on what you're going to do with someone's mouth because it's not exactly the way it looks on paper. So my recommendation to anyone who is graduating dental school is to do a one-year GPR or what is that what what is that just for me I don't it's a general practice residency if you're not going to specialize if you're not going to specialize then do a GPR if you're not going to go that let's say your parents are dentists or your family members then you're fine because you have somebody showing you the ropes okay yeah but if you don't have that and you don't have connections When you're an associate you can land in a really great opportunity or you can land in not so great opportunity. Yeah. Right. What are the conditions like? Again, everybody's different. Everybody's talents are different. Maybe you are a savant and you are a savant dentist, right? Uh-huh. And you just you just have special skill sets and and you're just the off the bell curve, right? And and you might need a little bit of help, but not you, you got it, right? And you're like the next best thing to a prosthodontist. That is not the case for most people. For most students, you need extra 
extra, extra, extra practice, not just the dental like drilling, okay, but how to talk to a patient, how to sell treatment, how to talk to a dental assistant and your team, how to be a leader in your team, how to communicate, how to manage your time. All those things you have to learn. And and I'm sorry to say, but in dental school, you you see one patient in three hours. That's not the real world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot faster. It's getting thrown at you. Yep. And so, okay, so then you get into practice. So now you are a successful practice owner. You've learned the ropes. You you went the hard route, right? So you went the the hard way and and kind of did every single job. You most dentists that I've talked to usually have a family member. That's how they get into dentistry, and they kind of point them in the right direction and tell them, no, don't do this, do this. And so you 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 went the other route, and you kind of school of hard knocks, which is awesome. I, I think that's probably the best way to learn. And you got the successful practice, but now you are branching out into all these other areas of entrepreneurship. And there's kind of two worlds that I've seen, and I would just love your thoughts on this. I see dentists who are natural entrepreneurs. And so the next logical step for them is just to do that next entrepreneur thing. I'm, I'm like ADHD entrepreneur. If it was up to me and, and, and I, I would just like keep starting businesses all the time. You know what I mean? Cause it, sure. it's so much fun. Like, and, and I've had to learn like, Gary, you can't, you can't do that. It drives everybody else nuts. Right. Sure. And it's not, it's not a recipe for success. Sure. But then there's the other dentists who are really like, they're, they're more dentists than entrepreneur. And they kind of got into the entrepreneur boat, but then they, they kind of, they fall out of love with the grind of the dental world. It's this repetitive thing. And they, so then they, they, they try to like compensate with, um, you know, other things and other, you know, other entrepreneurial things, um, where like, and I'm not saying you're one or the other, cause you don't, it's, it's kind of like, a um, you know, it's a, it's not you're this or this, it's kind of like you're on a, a scale where, where kind of did you fall in that world? Is it like, did you love being a dentist, but you just wanted to continue to do the entrepreneur thing? Or did you kind of fall out of love with dentistry and wanted to do something else? Where, where, where did you fall on that spectrum? Great question. I love dentistry. I still love dentistry. And um, I'm actually lining up my malpractice as we speak. And in California, because I moved, I moved back, I moved here, you know, I, I lived here once, moved back to Chicago, and I'm back and forth now, but my license is still active and my malpractice is still active in Chicago. I had an opportunity to sell, uh, I had two multi-location practices in pediatric orthodontics in the Chicagoland area. And I was at a point in which I was going to start my third it was a startup. Both of them were new construction startup practices. Yeah. And I was about to start a third one. However, then this mommy Dennison business became a business. And I would say created my own lane because I don't know any other business that's like what I'm running right now. Uh-huh. And for me, I would categorize myself as more of a visionary. And we often get bored. And like yourself, probably Gary, and you drive other people crazy with all your ideas, (laughs) but it takes a team. You know, I need a team to ground me to execute my visions, right? Because you're probably up until midnight thinking of all these new ideas. And I decided, okay, well, I either open up the third practice or I put all my eggs in this MDIB basket. And I said, um, you know, I'm not at a urgent point where I have to sell the practices. I could if I wanted to. 
And I decided anything for a number. If I get what I want out of it, then I'll walk. Uh, and uh, and then I'll explore this business. But it doesn't mean I can't go back to dentistry. It doesn't yeah. mean that I can't start all over again. I could, yep. right? And, but it's it's time for money and, and, and taking risks, right? Part of being an entrepreneur is taking risks. And I decided, you know what? If I get the number I want for my practices, I'm going to sell at a high point and walk away. And I did. I didn't use a broker. I sold the two practices on my own and walked away. Literally not worked. I did not work one day in it after I handed over the keys. And I offered to stay. They said, no, you don't have to because I created a business model in which the business runs without me. That's, so, that's right. the best kind of business, right? So that's the true pinnacle of being an entrepreneur, right? Yep. You don't see the founder of Subway making sandwiches every day. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So if you understand entrepreneurship and you understand the model or make a model that works for you and what you want, if you want to be an operator and practice in your practice, of course do that. Yeah. But you have the choice to do it or not to do it. Yeah. It's about the freedom, right? It's the freedom okay. to do what you want to do, whether that's doing dentistry, really technical dentistry, right. or only doing all on four or right. whatever, whatever it is. You choose. Or, yeah, yeah, I love that. Right. Yep. But but for me, what I want to teach the young ones is create intention, right? But you need to be an apprentice before you, you can get to that level. You have to have yeah. mastered the art. You have to have control and mastered your art to really know it and to so move that, forward. So why why did you create the the mom group that you have for dentistry? Like what like I, I get it. Like you had these three practices that are doing well. You had more time. So it's like, hey, we're going to create this. But why that? You could have done anything. You could have created a clear aligner brand. You could have created a, a consulting company. You could have created all these different things. Like what what drove you to go and start that kind of support for the dental industry? So that was actually um, organic and by chance, Gary. The I started June 2017 and it there was no marketing no nothing. It just exploded. And for me, I have I didn't start it with any intention. It was just actually for me and my group of friends to be in touch. As mothers, we have less time to go on girls' trips or go to extra CE. We only do the seat that we need for our licensed credentials or a part of our local dental society. It's very difficult to have mom life and work life and to do it all, right? I created a Facebook group really just for me and my friends. And I said, you know, it's really for women who it's easy communication. You come and go as you please. It could be two in the morning and you could ask a question and then you can pop on the next day or the next week and it's easy breezy, come and go as you please. Now it got to the point, you know, I had tried to um, contain it a little bit. You know, I, I wanted to know everyone who was coming and going in the group, but it just... It got, it blew past that, right? Yeah. And, uh, but the standards I kept, and I always ask the community, what are, what are this community rules that we should have in place? And I always include everyone in the community because they, it's important that they have ownership of it too, right? It's a safeguarded place because they have ownership. It's not just my way or the highway. And for me, it's a private Facebook group. And yeah, I consider it my Facebook group. There's some personal nuances to it, but it's gotten bigger than me, I would yeah. say. Yeah. 
So I'm going to ask you a question around the being a mom and being in dental. Because when when did you start this group? What year was it? 2017. Okay, so so dentistry's changed a lot since then because at that time, I don't know the percentages, but it was much lower. Practice women in dentistry as a, as 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 dentist was much much lower. And now coming out of school, I think it's about 50-50 or 55% women and yeah, 45%. Yeah. So it's like it went from like this 90-10% thing to now it's like it's tipped totally in the other direction. And a lot of the people that are coming or a lot of the women that are coming into dental don't have kids yet, don't haven't started building their family and those kind of things yet. But I, I'm sure as as time goes on, they will do that. So what would you what has kind of changed in that world that have driven a lot more women into that dental position? And then my next question after that. So what's changed since 2017 to 2023 to make that scale tip in the other direction? And then what's what's coming for these people the the women that are coming into dental that want to build um families in the future and those kind of things like what's going to come to them that they should be aware of well i think that since 2017 i think people have figured out there's a great work life balance for women in dentistry you can own or not own uh, i don't know what's making dental schools change their acceptance rate i don't know if it's more women applying or it's just that dental schools are more accepting. I don't know. That's a great point. Yeah, because okay. I, I think I think more women are going to college now overall too. So I think that's could something that's just like a society thing overall. It, it could be. We don't know. Now, when I went to Maryland and graduated in 2003, we had pretty large amount of women. We had about, I would say, 30 to 40% women in our class. So even back then in 2003, at least in Maryland, we had good representation of women. So I'm not really sure how to speak on behalf of other dental schools and their admission process. Mm. But the the reality is more and more women are graduating and then eventually more and more women become a mom in some sort of way, whether it's foster adoption or traditional or stepmom, what have you. The community, again, speaks and they make these rules, right? We do have another Facebook group called the Dental Mama Hive, and it's for women who are not yet mothers. Uh, and even though we created it, it is not very active. And and so it's interesting, right? And um, it, so that might be a social media thing that these younger people are not on Facebook. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Because, yeah, Cause, yeah I, I have noticed that, that when I talk to younger students in the dental industry, um, they, they're always on Instagram. Like Instagram, right. but you can't build community and all right. that stuff. Ins- on, in- Instagram's a little bit more one way, right? Yeah. And it's yep. a little bit more private too. It is, like yeah. You can not have followers or followers. You, It's a very... You can have special followers, close followers. Right. Yeah. So Instagram is not really great at building community versus Facebook. Yeah, that younger generation is not... A, they don't. Some of them don't even have Facebook, right? So yeah. Yeah. it's an unknown um, platform for them. Got it. Okay. That's really, really interesting. I'm, I'm glad you called that out, but I'm glad you're also thinking about that and thinking about their future because that, you know, there's something that, you know, they're going to have to deal with as the, as time goes on. So I think it's great that there's people like you thinking through that for people and helping them and building the community and not just trying to provide all the answers because we can never provide all that. No one, no one person can provide all the answers, but you're building a community that's supporting each other to be able to continue to move forward. So I think that's awesome. How, if someone wants to reach out to you and 
talk to you about the groups that you have or just what you have going on? What's the best way to get in touch with your organization? Sure, you can find us on our website, mommy, M-O-M-M-Y-D-I-B-S.com. You can find us on Instagram. We do have a large Instagram following. And actually, there's just a lot of, of different ways you can find us on, obviously, Facebook. And you can reach out through all those different platforms and I, our team will get back to you quickly. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you coming on, sharing your journey. I know that people are going to love hearing about this and uh, love love what you're building. You guys are building some really cool stuff. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing today. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you. Have a good one. Awesome. Bye-bye.